0: In your head, I oh, you mean, in your head. I love. I love your vibes tonight. Happy Wednesday, friends, and welcome back to Aquarius Behavior, a best friends podcast. I'm your co-host Morgan, and I'm your co-host Samantha. We invite you to hang out with us each Wednesday to take in some chaotic storytelling, low-key learning, and high-quality, high-quality audio. audio. That's the Epod promise. We're here. The day has come. It's Wednesday.
1: We get to yell about the Regency era. It's the fucking Regency (laughs) era! (laughs) I have a lot of feelings. I have been clutching my chair the last two times that I've been sitting in this podcast room because we've been talking about other things. But I definitely finished Mansfield Park like within maybe a week or two after the last time. And so I've just been watching and waiting for you to finish. Just noticing
0: yeah i went right up to this morning i saved it's like fresh the last uh 40 minutes mm-hmm. just the last chapter for today it's so it is so fresh it's so fresh
1: yeah. it's very fresh mm. yeah. so welcome everyone welcome listeners welcome to ab pod let's see this, this evening we're talking about mansfield park um it's a yeah before we get started before we dive in and dip Sierra our toes movies. into the
0: Regency era, Brian, what are you drinking
1: this <sighs> evening?
0: Well, I'm hydrating. Congratulations, but then excellent I- choice. I also wanted to have a Regency era inspired bevvy. Oh, what do? You, oh, you have
1: a very cute glass beverage with a stainless steel straw. Yes. Oh, are there some ice cubes in there?
0: Uh, there are. Mm, some I see. Maybe some blueberries. Ice cubes. Yep. There's in there. some blueberries in there. Mm-hmm. There are some strawberries. One is shaped like a rose. Oh, roses. Roses. And there's also some tiny edible flowers in there. Mm. Oh, that's cute. That that's I, a feeling that I got from our friend and listener, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. Oh, thanks, Michelle. Love it. it's so inspired this evening. Yeah. So I did make mm. tea, and this is the tea that I told you about earlier. <laughs> the tea you referenced <laughs> earlier in our timeline? Yes.
1: Wow. Okay. So, how's the tea? like journey going was this your f- was this your
0: first batch of tea this that you were doing my first batch of iced tea mm-hmm. my husband made some iced tea for us like a couple summers ago we got really into it and i've been on an iced coffee journey but then i thought <laughs> well i just want some lighter bevies mm-hmm. and this could be a cute little themed thing for today yeah it's all about the tea little asmr with my metal straw mm-hmm. so What I did is I just cut some, the strings off of some tea bags and then I stuffed them into, I've got an iced coffee maker, so it has the filter that goes inside the glass Uh container. Uh It looks like a science beaker. It's really fun. It makes my breakfast prep fun. Uh (laughs) Yes. And I just feel like I'm a scientist.
1: Oh, it's (laughs) summer tea time. Mhm. in the regency era.
0: Yeah, so this is gorgeousness. A little mixture of a raspberry tea with some lemon tea in there. Mm. So I'm getting kind of all those flavors. Let me tell you, it is a triumph of flavor. Yeah. Mhm. Just a cacophony? No, it is refreshing oh. and light. I added some sugar into it. Cool. So that always makes me nervous too. Like with iced coffee, I don't add anything cuz sometimes I put dab of creamer, or sometimes I tip it with a little whipped cream. A little dollop. But I definitely needed a little bit of sugar in here. Mm-hmm. I like it sweet. I like a sweet tea. Mm-hmm. But it is delicious, and I am now obsessed, and this will be a staple in oh. our fridge.
1: Can't wait to be in your area, in and around your area again, and I can grab one of those teas. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll yes. i to have a little
0: clinky party and swirl them next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a little caffeine because we're night podcasting again yeah. today like it is past night. 10 o'clock it is bedtime you
1: guys it's past 10 o'clock here. and we haven't even started yelling about the regency series.
0: Right? it's like okay did you ever listen to the uh late night talk show radio delilah Because she did a show like in the 90s and early 2000s and it was very late night, like late night, jazzy, soft music and you call in and you could talk to her and and you
1: could just hang out. (laughs) Yeah. It was just Just, some soft
0: voices. Delilah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that is going to translate to any of our audience, but if you do know what I'm talking about, Get in those Instagram comments mm-hmm. and let us know. Oh my goodness! <laughs> if
1: that just unlocked something for you that's been buried deep in your soul for a while, it did. I forgot about those radio programs that would oh, be yeah. on late at night. I'd be driving home from some, at some ungodly hour, and it would be mm-hmm. yeah, that jazz music and that call-in show. Oh my goodness! A little little Kenny G there, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh my oh. god! <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> Late night driving and the jazz music's on. Ooh. Yeah. Mm, That's a feeling.
0: You revealed to me recently (laughs) that you do love Kenny G. And I did not know that about you. I
1: love, I love some Kenny G. In fifth grade, I was a clarinetist and my parents purchased me as a little fifth grader. Kenny G's greatest hits. And so that was popping on my CD player as a little fifth grader. And I found out that his... Uh, Instrument was a clarinet and a saxophone mashed together because it was, of course, it was some custom, beautiful, ungodly amount of money. But that's why he could Kenny G the fuck out of all of those songs was because he had that beautiful instrument. So I've always just been a big Kenny G fan. It is soothing. Mm, It's soothing music. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I had my own show that was called Samantha. Kenny
0: G would definitely be on there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Abundance. Yes. Wow. Ooh. Uh, what is your bevy? What you got going on over there, buddy?
1: We're, we're still being instructed by
0: doctors to hydrate
1: a lot. And so we got full ice water. Yep. Cheers.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Good job. Good job. But, you know, we're podcasting after dark, so I'm sneaking a day of Mountain Dew over here, too. It's already cracked. It's not a freshie. It's it's a half drunkie <laughs> It's a it's a half consumed and will not last the next ten minutes kind of caffeination situation. Yeah.
0: So Cheers do what we can. Mm-hmm. We do what we can. Mm. I love that. Well, uh, okay. I have a small story for you that's Austin related, but first before we talk about that, I do just need to take a like, moment to mention the Titanic submersible that is currently missing. Okay, gather around, friends. Gather around, friends. Yeah, it is such, to me, it is such a sad and tragic story. Mm -hmm. And, like, those are somebody's children and fathers and spouses. Like, I just think this is sad and tragic. And But I just have to mention it and let our listeners know that, yes, we have been following this and you and I have been shouting about it the last two days. And because I have had multiple friends and people who listen to the podcast reach out to me and like, do you know that this is going on right now? And thank you so much for knowing that we want Mm -hmm. to know. Yes. And need to be aware. So thank you if you reached out to us. You know who you are.
1: As soon as Morgan and I intersected yesterday, we locked eyes and there was a moment where it was like, hey. Hey. This listener reached out to me immediately and was like, Do you know what's going on? It's like, thank you for knowing that we're the kind of people that do want to know that breaking news. And it's very scary and very heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And so right now we're recording this on a Wednesday evening. Happy Wednesday, friends. It is it's after yes. 10 o'clock on a Wednesday. So um don't know, don't know what the most recent update is, but mm. that was just a lot of I did not know that they were doing
0: tours of the Titanic era area. (laughs) I also did not know that that was officially happening. Mm -hmm. I knew that things were in the works, Mm -hmm. but I did not know that it had launched and there was something happening.
1: Because they've been doing it for like two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Because of course I
0: needed to watch all the news article or Mm -hmm. watch all of the news things about it. Well, and you had some great resources for me that I had not seen already. And so We got to talking about this, and you're like, oh my gosh, did you see this on YouTube? And you showed me the little tour of the submersible. Mm -hmm. We were able to watch a couple clips, and so you had more information than I had, and we did some catch-up, and I think now we are all fully informed, and we're just like waiting, and we'll find out. I check the internet multiple times a day now.
1: Yeah. (gasps) It's about the size of a van inside, and Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also, Morgan, this is, this is a bit that I wasn't aware of until just a few hours ago, but it turns out that the owner of Oceangate, the company, mm-hmm. is the descendant of Isidore Strauss. No. And so that- You're making I'm this up. not making it up, and the internet told what? it to me- and so, but I'm going to double check myself because, but no, it was, no, it was, it was a reputable news place. And so that was a, yeah. Are you fact checking that right now? Yeah. Check that out because the hubris, the hubris,
0: the Icarus involved in this situation, ooh, Icarus flying too close to the I, sun. I, mm-hmm. everything about this makes me cringe and my whole body hurts and is tense right now. Mm-hmm. I did watch a, an interview with three people who did know uh, Rush personally and like mm-hmm. some of them who've worked with him and stuff and like they got pretty emotional during the interview yeah. and one of them even said like you know what we are all explorers and we have all done extremely risky things and like the fact of the matter is like the human humanity just wants to explore and like yeah. we have always done that mm-hmm. and you know you're not gonna blame somebody who died on their way up to Everest like <laughs> you know that's no, that's the thing that's it's a tragedy like, like humans are curious yeah. this is what we do
1: and in the same hand I can also say oh my gosh that terrifies Samantha I could and never. I am not an explorer um mm-hmm. I do a mm-hmm. much smaller less impactful thing in my life nay nay but not no let me tell you let me tell you we don't need to qualify it no we don't need to qualify (laughs) it we're talking about like a bajillion that's like Mm. that's jimmy cam money you know is you gotta build your thing to get down there and so i had no idea that they were doing it for this long and just wow what's gonna happen it's wednesday night we just don't know that's so all we can do blessings. I it's can't find great. that, so no one quote me on it. But it was just one of those things where I saw that and I was like,
0: N-. "That
1: no, is, but it looked wild. like a freaking real thing." And so I don't wanna, I don't wanna spread information that is false. Please
0: tell us if you know and you're and also you following find this. That,
1: yeah, if you if this interested you and you already saw that, I just part I of me just did not believe it. But then it, it's fine.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm it's fine let's move so, on Ugh. yeah i don't like i said we're not getting into the weeds about that we're <sighs> mm-hmm. not going to do a special thing because this it is, hurts it hurts but we have to mention it yes we have to document it we are aware titanic aware. Aware. is in
1: the news and yes.
0: wow yep wow it's like yep all we can do is wait so to transition i do have a very quick story for you about jane austen okay Dude, (laughs) this week, I watched the movie Austin Land.
1: I don't know anything about this movie. I just know it exists. I don't know
0: anything about it. Tell me everything. Ditto. Okay. So I also just knew it existed, and I knew nothing about it. Uh, It stars Carrie Russell, and yes, (sighs) adorable. And uh, okay, my brain is fuzzy because it's late. Bear with me. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Great. She's in it. Uh-huh. And Stifler's mom yeah. from American Pie, which Love you've that. now seen, yep. is also in it. Perfect. So there's the main people, but also Brett McKenzie- From Flight of the Conchords is also in it. Thank you. What? Wow.
1: You know, for me, people's names are just extra long because it's like (laughs) it's this person from this thing. It's I need the and that
0: context clues. How I that's (laughs) how my brain is only working right now. So like, thank you for catching that.
1: (laughs) We have to link information together this evening.
0: (laughs) So okay, I knew nothing. The only thing I knew is that this woman goes to. Experience like an Austin experience called Austin Land. Okay, this movie we're gonna watch it. We're gonna watch it, put it, it on the is, list. Yeah, fucking delightful. Okay. Like, if you just want a silly movie, and if you are an Austin fan, I just think you'll enjoy it so much. If you're not an Austin fan, it's fucking funny anyway. Go watch it. <laughs> it's great. So, she is it about uh, yeah, give me the okay, give me the rundown. So, Carrie Russell, this modern day woman, she is obsessed with. Jane Austen always has been she's just a bookworm she has trouble with relationships because she's always thinking about Jane Austen novels and like oh I just want to marry like a Mr. Darcy and guys never live up so she is going through what seems to be maybe a quarter life crisis and decides that she's going to spend all of her life savings to uh, participate in an immersive Austen experience in England <laughs> oh my gosh. and so this is Austenland which Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman owns uh-huh. and she runs it and she's very uppity and, you know, perfectionist and very into Austin. And so then Stifler's mom is there and she's another person who's doing this experience. And so Carrie Russell shows up. Carrie Russell knows everything about Jane Austen, is a super fan. Stifler's mom knows nothing. And she is, you know, <laughs> they're like, oh, we're in the olden days. Crikey. And she's, like, <laughs> oh. like, she's really trying to get into the immersive experience uh but she doesn't know what she's doing it's, it's hilarious mm-hmm, and then there's mm-hmm, one other mm-hmm. uh one other woman who's there with them yeah. so it's just the three of these women together having this experience essentially like a jane austen novel where they get to this place they immediately change. They have like a dressing room, so you get a costume montage. Oh, and they I have love people who do their it. hair. And the costumes are so good. Oh, and, yeah. Like, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course, mm-hmm, of course. Mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. also go through and have packages for the experience. And so you can have like the platinum package, which would be like the Mary Crawford experience, you know, versus like you could have. The lowest package, which gets you, like, a Fanny Bryce type thing, and you end up falling in love with the stable boy. Mm-hmm. And so the whole premise, though, of this place is that everyone is an actor like everybody else, but it is immersive. So, like, you go in and you're basically in this unscripted, like, play all weekend. And it's just
1: LARP. It's yes, just it's just big, it's LARPing. It's, it's just Jane
0: Austen, Jane Austen LARP. LARPing. Yes, <gasps> it is. Okay, So that is what was fun. And I just was not expecting it. And you know that I am obsessed with Light of the Concord's; I fucking love them. And so I did not know that Brett McKenzie was going to be in this. So I was shocked. And then he's like a major character. And he said the whole movie, it's delightful. And then, of course, the whole plot mirrors different Jane Austen novels. And so, Uh, like, mm -hmm, it -hmm. goes along with that because – The premise of this place is that they, the actors, will play different roles and essentially like romance these women in a role play setting. But it's like no touching; like it's not real. Everybody, like you, got to know that. But of course, the lines blur and it's 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 confusing. What's real Hmm. and so. I
1: just had to prepare
0: you that I found that movie streaming. I'm so
1: excited to watch it now. Thank you for preparing me for whetting my appetite. I, mm, yes, add it to the list. It was cute, dude. Mm. It was cute. So we'll be watching that. Excellent recommendation. In the future.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Before we get started with Austin, Samantha, anything from you this week? Anything?
1: I wanna really yell at at your noodle. I wanna yell about Mansfield Park. Quick I, I'm ready. Everything else that I have to say, we can it can wait. It can wait until the next episode because oh, I, I cannot with this book. Okay, are you go. ready? Dive into it.
0: Start us off. Okay, Samantha, go.
1: For me, the theme of the second half of this book was about finding home and what is home for you. Mm-hmm. And your idea of what home could be and what it actually is mm-hmm. and the perf- perfect imperfections. I i just had so many feelings about family and we can dig into it, but it just, I felt bullied. I felt bullied by Jane Austen. I don't know why more people aren't into Mansfield Park because Fanny goes on a journey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I really related to a lot of the things that she went through and the feelings that she felt, especially in the second half of the book, we started the beginning of the second half of the book with Henry Crawford trying to romance Fanny, and Fanny going through all of those complicated feelings of like, "Well, here's this person. he's decent." He's been wooing me. She kind of starts like thinking about entertaining that idea of what that would be. It was just really stressful Mm -hmm. as me, Samantha, the reader, watching who I thought would be, you know, who just isn't. I'm just like, you gotta be. He was the fuck boy. Like we pinned him as the fuck boy. I just don't trust him. And I know that he is just filled with shenanigans and he thinks that he's making choices That he should or that he wants and Fanny's just like caught in the crosshairs of like his trajectory for himself and it was really stressful as a reader to Mm
0: -hmm.
1: watch that essentially just event happen. The damage happen.
0: Yes, because we had we had already watched Mm. him through Fanny flirt Mm -hmm. with all these other girls. He's yeah. just a horrible little fucking flirt. And yeah. that's fine. But he totally would lead girls on. He's just like very forward with women, mm-hmm. every woman. And he just dishes out compliments with abandon, you yeah. know? Just like, oh. And so it's just, it just was, it was like heart wrenching as well for me. And I started to doubt myself. And I'm like, wait a second. I, I'm pretty sure I know Austin and, like, th- he is the fuckboy. Like, this is not a redemption story, is it? Because mm-hmm. I also believe that people don't change in major ways. Like, people are going to show you who they are, especially when they think you're not looking. Yeah. Like, he was conducting himself in such a uh, scampish way. Scampish. <laughs> yeah. You know? he, he is a scamp. He is a scamp. Yeah. True. Truly you scampish know? way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, during the play, when just... You know, Fanny's not really involved. She was really on the outskirts to begin with. And so she's just taking it all in like a little fly on the wall and seeing all of his true behavior. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because as well, we just also saw some of her realizations, too, about Mary Crawford because they have become friends. And it seemed like she went through some similar... (laughs) Just uh, challenges. The disingenuousness,
1: (laughs) the whole thing Mm -hmm. about the necklace and the chain and the cross and the wearing it and the who gave who the chain. And it's fine. It was like a game. It was, that was the thing. It was just like, oh, haha, didn't you know? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this was just the thing that I did because it was just, well, wouldn't that have been fun? Wouldn't that have been cool? Henry would, or
0: he would have loved it. Yeah. The Crawfords are. There's not much depth to the Crawfords. Yeah. They're surface. skin surface deep, skin skin deep people, surfacey surfacey, surfacey surfacey. They're surfacey surface people, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it, it's it makes it made me uncomfortable because they just kind of make a mockery of every situation. You know, it's and I'm glad you brought up the necklace because you're absolutely right. That's what it was. Is it's a little game and. Well wouldn't it be cute if this all worked out? Well, why can't it? and um and I think the horrifying thing for me a little bit too was just the fact that this book has been interesting for me in the way that like in in Austin's first two novels, there is a very clear fuck boy right away yeah. and like we all see it we all know we're all like this is weird Find the fuck boy. But for this one, I don't know, there was just it felt like it went on longer that people were like, oh, my God, he's a really good person. And Edmund didn't see it either because there's always somebody, you know, like we had the first two novels where Darcy knows exactly who Wickham is and what he's doing. And he's just trying to withhold it because. He thinks he's being honorable. But in this book, no one truly knew. It was all just like Fanny has these feelings and she's gaslighting herself. Yeah, that's the thing <laughs> about she's, like, no, everybody else says they're okay. This and book about gaslighting. I must be wrong. Yeah, she just goes, the whole book is her just gaslighting herself. Yeah. And even Edmund didn't pick up on it. And he's just like continuing. And so that was what was confusing for me and also like suspense for me was like, oh, my God, what if I'm wrong? I started gaslighting myself. Yeah. And like, well, maybe this isn't the worst behavior, but it is. It's, it's manipulative. Yeah. It is. It's a soft manipulation. It's like they play mind games. Ugh, they play mind games hard. Those damn Crawfords.
1: I'm going to skip to just one part near the end of the book because I specifically highlighted a part about the necklace. And since we're talking about it now, oh, I just want to note because after... After Fanny goes to home and all oh, of this, she goes and she, back quote unquote yep, home, and then so she um, then talks to Mary at some point, and Mary just says, um, "Let me find the spot." Was not he devoted to you at the ball, and then before the ball, the necklace, oh you received it just as it was meant. You were as conscious as heart could desire. I remember it perfectly. Do you mean, then, that your brother knew of the necklace beforehand? Oh, Miss Crawford, that was not fair. Knew it? It was his own doing entirely. His own thought. I am ashamed to say that it had never entered my head, but I was delighted to act on it his—excuse me—but I was delighted to act on his proposal for both your sakes. No. Nobody asked you to do that. Get out of people's game. It's just the games, the shenanigans. This was written in the late 1700s and people Mm -hmm. are just, this is, this is what I love about these books is that this is still just such familiar behavior. This is such human behavior to want to be included in the shenanigans and also not really giving a shit about other people's
0: feelings oh yeah mm. this was like a slightly i agree this book kind of bullied me <laughs> i was very bullied there were a lot yeah. of just unexpected triggers mm-hmm. for me like i've specifically dated a henry crawford before so then i just was thinking of them the entire time and getting mad all over again <laughs> and also then feeling justified because i was like see jane austen said that this is fucked up too i, I was right. Yes. <laughs> like thank god i never got back together with them, and now I've got this cool-ass husband.
1: <laughs> thank goodness. We don't need any more Crawford energy in our life.
0: Uh, no, thank no. you. No, thank you. Um, but speaking of Crawfords, I'm also yeah. hopping around a little bit, because that is what we do, but since we're talking about yeah. the Crawfords, I have my fingers in, like, literally three different
1: places in my book. <laughs> Continue. Okay.
0: Um, I think we have our first Jane Austen divorce. In this novel. Yes. Did we?
1: Yes. I, did I as, hear that right? As far as
0: I know, <gasps> this
1: is our first actual divorce yeah and did yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. did you love how that played out in the last couple chapters <laughs> with just finding out successively oh through letter writing yes just what the gossip was and then fanny's different reactions to each i highlighted some of them that i can yes. go into but i i knew that you were nearing the end and i just looked at you the other, you the other day and just said Enjoy all the letters at the end because the way that Jane did mm. Fanny finding out that successive amount of information, it's we've had letters in all of the books, you know, mm-hmm. Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. We have the iconic letters where we find out information. This is the yep. internet, like this is how we do it. It's not a surprise, but yep. the artfulness of how they are written, the the cadence and the character's voice through the letters, you can hear Mary Crawford saying the letter just mm-hmm. from how i just absolutely loved it what was your thoughts about the arc of that divorce that scandal the end of the book and the narrator's voice of how we found
0: out about it well okay so i'm oh, forgetting because there were so many ladies yeah no it's fine in mansfield park but which of the cousins did he end up marrying was it maria maria Is that the one? Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So that didn't surprise me. And I was just like, okay, here's the secret runaway marriage. Mm -hmm. Okay, we got it. Yep. She,
1: Mrs. R and Mr. (laughs) R are going to go be married. (laughs) And now Mary (laughs) is.
0: Yep. Okay. So that Excuse me, Maria. Maria. And I was like, okay, well, here it is now. So many ladies. Uh, There are. There's so many Lizzie's. Mm -hmm. And I lose track. So that happened, which wasn't. Shocking to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then what was shocking was the divorce and how they did divorce shortly after the marriage because it turned out it was horrible. And then Maria gets shipped off with her mother. And they go live somewhere else because she basically has to be in exile. She gets shipped off to a whole fucking other country. Yeah. Like, this is super serious. And there's also, I got a little bitter at this part because there's no mention of Henry. And I bet you anything that Rapscallion just got married again and nobody said anything about it. Oh, yeah. The fuckery.
1: Yeah, we have a little bit of Henry stuff at Mm. the end. But, yeah, it's definitely not a here's how we lived happily ever after. No, I, but I, he didn't get it as bad. No.
0: Oh, like, no, no. Rude. He
1: definitely didn't. No. no. I'm trying to find like, it. But this
0: woman, like, completely uproots herself. I wonder if she got priggers though. That's a question.
1: Well, and that's the thing, too. It's like, yeah, they... Because she... And she ran away.
0: They got divorced. Mm-hmm. And it was very harsh, too. Like, Austin literally says, like, she is going to move into the country where she's going to have no company. She won't it. socialize. It was like, holy shit, she's just going into exile like this is solitary confinement for how long yeah so dramatic
1: there's it's yeah it's just these last couple pages of the book but it talks about how mr rushworth had no difficulty in procuring a divorce and so ended a marriage contracted under such circumstance as to make any better end of the effect of good luck not to be reckoned on she had despised him and loved another and he had been very much aware that it was so. (laughs) (laughs) The indignities of stupidity and the disappointments of selfish passion can excite little pity. His punishment followed his conduct, as did a deeper punishment, the deeper guilt of his wife. He was released from the engagement to be mortified and unhappy, till some other pretty girl could attract him into the matrimony again. And he might sit forward on a second and, as it is to be hoped, more prosperous trial of the state. And then it goes on a few more feelings about that. And then it talks about Miss Norris and her journey. And then it goes into, yeah, what happened with her and her mother. And then what happened with Henry Crawford. I found it. Okay, Okay, good. Yes. Yes. What happens with Henry? So I found his name. It talks about when he returned from Richmond, he would be glad to see Miss Rushworth no more. Followed was her imprudence. Okay, so that punishment, the public punishment of disgrace, should, in a just measure, attend his share of the offense is, we know, not one of the barriers which society gives to virtue. In this world, the penalty is less equal than could be wished. But without presuming to look forward to a juster appointment hereafter, we may fairly consider a man of sense, like Henry Crawford, to be providing for himself with no small portion of vexation and regret, vexation that must arise sometimes to self-reproach and regret to wretchedness, in having so requited hospitality, so injured family peace, so forfeited his best, most estimable, and endearing acquaintance, and so lost the woman who he had rationally as well as passionately loved. It goes on and talks about, What happens to him and Dr. Grant, et cetera, et cetera.
0: And, but it sounds like it's pretty much like, like, oh no, his. We're going to go back. I do want to talk about the letters some more Mm because I feel like I didn't really answer your question. go back. Uh, And now we're going
1: to rewind. As our listeners know, neither of us have read this book before. This so the first time. it's that's a, a lot, lot of it is a lot of chaotic storytelling. It's a lot of feelings out of mm-hmm. order, and that's exactly how we do it here on AbPod. Okay, yeah, it's more go like back.
0: we talk character arcs mm-hmm. instead of linear plot. That that's truly what it that, is. That's yeah. really what we. So do there we here. go, Henry yeah. Crawford we Henry, okay? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree with you about there was something for me that was much more stirring about the letters at the end of the book. Because like you pointed out, that is a classic, classic Austin trope. And that is how we tend to find out a lot of the suspenseful information that's been building up in the book, yes. is through these letters. But for me, and maybe it is the fact that we haven't read this and I've never seen any of the film adaptations. We haven't watched adaptations. The Never seen. I knew mean, nothing. So, me, like, that definitely probably contributed to my anxiety. The suspense. <laughs> but I don't know. There's something. I got to say, I do love Mary Crawford's voice. I I find her so entertaining. So like, fun I hate and snotty. Her. Her.
1: Yes. And like so self-assured and bitchy. I could but also, never hang out with her. Yes. No, we'd fight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would just like, you know, and that little like trashy girl in the corner. Who's uh-huh. just like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, so, I, yeah. But her voice and the way that Austin writes her is just flawless. And she's just so wispy i mean, manipulative but does this great job of just being airy about it and uh, I have a part I want to read sometimes all I can do is just (laughs) that's my feeling
1: no it's this whole part where it's like Fanny the next time I see you all I'm going to do is talk to you I'm just going to keep on talking Mm -hmm. to you and I don't really care if you want to listen to me. And I just can't wait to see you because I want to talk to you. It was just in her letter and it was so good. Mm -hmm. It was just so funny. Mm.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she writes the most ridiculous letters. Yeah. She's that friend that would like call you after school with the gossip. (laughs) She says, (laughs)
1: okay, I'm going to read this part because
0: I can't find what I'm looking for. And
1: no, we're just moving on. Uh, I had actually begun folding my letter when Henry walked in. And he brings no intelligence to prevent my sending it. Miss R knows a decline is apprehended. He saw her this morning. Oh. Oh, Yeah.
0: He's like going around. She literally tells her. We're talking about some scenario. My brother's off going around Mm -hmm. talking to other girls. But don't worry about it. But he is off like courting them and hanging out with them.
1: No. She returns to Wimple Street today. The old lady has come. So his, um, his mom's coming, so she's got to go back to her house. <laughs> yep. At this very moment, he is wild to see you and occupied only in contriving the means of doing so mm. and for making the pleasure conduce to yours. So I was this kid in, like, elementary school when, like, I heard someone had a crush on each other or whatever. Yes. And it's like you would run back and forth, like, your first couple times of, like, when your little friends started dating and, like, mm-hmm. when dating was all new and exciting. And it's like, oh, this person has a feeling. Oh, I'm... I can go tell them. I can go tell them that you have a feeling about them. Oh, my gosh, that's so exciting. And then there's people like this who insert themselves into the thing. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I just have to tell you how much my brother loves you and talks about you all the time. And she's doing it more for her entertainment than for actual truthiness.
0: I mean, does that also creep anyone else out, though? Like, I have a younger brother. I am not interested in his love life whatsoever. (laughs) You're not going to call up your sister-in-law and be like, all right, so
1: I just need you to know that I was on the phone with my brother and he just really loves you. Mm -hmm. We were just talking about,
0: like, you know, the jewelry he gave you and how beautiful it looked on you. And just, Mm -hmm. like, he wants to pet you all the time. And, Mm -hmm. ew, like, weird. (laughs) It was very, like, if, if anyone's ever seen Cruel Intentions or dangerous liaisons which that movie is based off on it very much it was like cruel intentions I was getting like cruel intentions vibes <laughs> it was like ew Sarah Michelle Geller and Ryan Phillippe I'm like this is weird is um, anybody else creeped out a little? Just a little bit awkward? I think it's weird it's just <laughs> a little bit <laughs> they're a little too close <laughs> so
1: after she reads this part this is one of Fanny's internal moments that I really liked because it's like I love Fanny's reactions after these letters right mm. it's she so Mary's done saying, and I have not had time or patience to give half Henry's messages, be satisfied that the spirit of each and every one is unalterable affection. Then it goes, Mm. Fanny's disgust at the greater part of this letter, with her extreme reluctance to bring the writer of it and her cousin Edmund together would have made her, as she felt, incapable of judging impartiality, whether the concluding offer might be accepted or not. To herself... Individually, it was most tempting to be finding herself perhaps within three days transported to Mansfield was an image of greatest felicity. But it would have been a material drawback to be owning such felicity to persons in whose feelings and conduct at the present moment she saw so much to condemn. The sister's feelings, the brother's conduct, her cold hearted ambition, his thoughtless vanity, to have him still the acquaintance, the flirt, perhaps, of Mrs. Rushworth. She was mortified. She had thought better of him. Happily, however, she was not left to weigh and decide between the opposite inclinations and doubtful notions of right, there was no occasion to determine whether she ought to keep Edmund and Mary asunder or not. She keeps on going, Mm. but I just loved how she has that duality of like, wow, it'd be super cool to go back to Mansfield and I can't wait and that'd be really awesome. But also, can you believe all of this behavior, all of this behavior that we are seeing in these letters and Mm. Mary's... Writing it down and just so ambivalent to how it sounds and looks and, like, the gossip that must be happening in town. Mm -hmm. And Fanny's
0: just at her family home, just Mm -hmm. waiting for letters to arrive. Yep. Unable to control anything. Completely helpless. Just waiting. Just waiting. Waiting. Watching. Mm -hmm. Hoping.
1: (gasps) So we need to talk about, because we can keep on, we can jump back to the letters, but... The other part no, about this move forward. that I really loved was Fanny's journey to her family home.
0: Oh, I'm ready to talk about that. Right. That if, was heartbreaking. If you
1: would like to start us off while I find a wee bit of book to share with okay. you, um, oh gosh. Fanny finds <laughs> out that she can go see William, her <laughs> beloved brother, and she also gets to meet her Or see her siblings after, what, Mm -hmm. 10 years?
0: Yes. And there's the youngest sibling that she never met because she's five. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So she's meeting... She's re-meeting her family Mm -hmm. again. Because it's not like they've been in, like, communication, really. No. So it was just between her and William that was the only news that she ever got from the family. So she gets to go. Morgan, what were your feelings during this time?
0: (sighs) Okay. I had to take a deep breath there. So we've been building up to this the entire novel we don't know much about family fanny's family we met them we didn't even meet them just the narrator told us who they were at the beginning of the book and we were just told here's who they are and their financial state and they have a horde of children And that's it. And here are the circumstances and now we begin our story. And then we have Fanny's memories, which her memories are very soft and uh, nostalgic for her family. And she's then going home, which she's excited about. She's a little nervous about. This was heartbreaking for me because it does not go the way that she has built it up to be in her head. Yeah. And turns out she doesn't have a connection with her mom and dad and Mm. she's just looking at them like seeing a difference and this is too where it was the whole process was very gentle and but you could tell that there was so much disappointment and then guilt from that disappointment (laughs) and then like this feeling of even more so, well, shit, where do I fit in now? Like, I've never felt like I fit in at Mansfield. And I always thought that, like, with my parents and my siblings, like, that was where I would fit. But now I'm here and I don't fit here either. And so now we're really in this conundrum of, yeah, what does that mean? And she's starting to now compare mannerisms between the people at Mansfield Park, her aunt and uncle and her parents at home and comparing uh, just conversations that are had. The uh, flavor of the home. The flavor of the home. There's so much chaos Mm -hmm.
1: and movement and extra staff and people at Mm -hmm. Portsmouth, I think is what it's called. Thank you. Yep. Because, you know, we've only read this once. Um, But there's so much busyness happening and it Mm -hmm. seems like at Mansfield, it's so much more Not stillness, but sitting or Mm -hmm. projecting or hobbying or quiet conversationing as opposed to so much movement. The boys running in and out of the room, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the women in the kitchen, you know, preparing and how many times I loved how many times they commented on how dirty the silverware was or
0: how... (sighs) People getting their own silverware? Oh my gosh. What is that all about?
1: Also, like, they were like, yeah, um, the... Something, there was a comment in there like the meat and the butter got greasier by the moment as they sat
0: there. Or yes, so, do you remember quali- that? Yes, like- the quality of the food because yes. the cooks were not good <laughs> yes. at Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. And she talked a lot about that mm-hmm. of like, this food oh, is not great. It's just, yeah, it did. Wow. It was chaotic there. And wow. I, like, as you're saying those things, I just think there was such more intention at Mansfield and, you know, versus at Portsmouth where. Yeah, her parents are just not equipped to, no. <laughs> to, like, raise the family that they have created and, like, provide their children with better opportunities as, like, I think most parents tend to want to when they have kids. And so, you know, it's her place of, I thought, really seen for the first time, like, oh, my gosh, I am privileged like i did get this privilege but also like i'm still not entirely happy at mansfield park and i'm not entirely happy with the way people treated me or didn't treat me and like is that okay yeah and so yeah i agree with what you said this second part of the book it was like searching for home where is
1: it yeah because you think it is somewhere else and then you get all of the things mm -hmm. as morgan the kitty song used to say I thought I found what I always wanted. And you know what? Whew. Turns out it was different than mm-hmm. what she thought. I do, though, the one thing that she does get to bring out of Portsmouth. Portsmouth. I don't care.
0: Portsmouth? Sure. Is that right? Yeah, That's yeah. how we're going to say it, yeah. so Perfect. whatever.
1: Um. So <laughs> <laughs> she meets... And rekindles and has a relationship with her sister, Susan. That
0: was so sweet because
1: she realized, oh, Susan and I are kind of similar. Susan and I, Susan has a little bit of home and we can find that with each other. And so one of the sweet things that I think is so lovely uh, that it talks about at the end of the book is that Susan does end up coming to Mansfield Park
0: Mm -hmm. and after Mm -hmm. Mrs.
1: Norris passes away, but she stays with Lady Bertram and becomes Mm -hmm. the indispensable niece. Yeah. And so Susan was prepared because while they're together at Portsmouth, Fanny is telling her about her life at Mansfield Park and all of the idiosyncrasies of Mm -hmm. all of the people there. And so by the time that Susan gets to go to Mansfield Park once Fanny has been told that, oh, yeah, now after all of these letters and all of this gossip, you get to come back to Mansfield Park. Susan's just, like, equipped and ready to go and lands there. Mm -hmm. And it's just familiar for her. And Mm -hmm. she's ready to not be as connected to her family. Mm -hmm. She's ready to spread her wings and fly.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, And she and Fanny were so similar, which she found out and was such a delight. Like, oh, there is someone else in your family Mm -hmm. someone else of your kin that you can connect with like they had very uh, I think they were both like just very calm souls they both loved to be helpers that was really fulfilling for them I thought that was just absolutely darling and when they said too that it was possible that Susan ended up becoming the favorite even more so than fanny like she was possibly even more beloved by lady bertram like yes. towards the end and how that was a very cute thing that austin noted like she was welcomed and yeah. everybody loved her
1: she was just love
0: yes hey ab pod listeners hope you're feeling groovy and this episode is bringing a slice of nice to your day did you know you could follow Pod on instagram to see weekly episode updates and behind-the-scenes podcast pictures. Yeah, it's true. You can also email the show at AquariusBehavior.pod at gmail.com to share your friendship stories or suggest a segment. Stay hydrated, buddies. Now on with the show. And another thing that happens, since we're talking about the Bertrams and we're going by characters, yeah, um, I really I did appreciate and notice um, a little bit of redemption the other thing that i want to bring up since we're talking about the bertrams is lord bertram's redemption at the end of the book which i noticed austin slip in there and i greatly appreciated um where she did mention that lord bertram did realize that actually fanny was his favorite daughter quote unquote (laughs) he's like turns out she's his favorite and he came to really regret the way that he brought her up and just like wished that he would have done more. And I think the thing about this book that was, you know, challenging for me and welcomed as well was the fact that the issues that we saw and the challenges we went through with these characters, they were just they were difficult because people weren't acting in intentionally malicious ways like so people were feelings were hurt they were just the worst miss norris was just the worst she was just an idiot but like you know the bertrams and their conversations especially in the beginning it's like no one was trying to be malicious no like people were genuinely trying to be helpful but vanity probably got in the way and mistakes were made But the whole point of this novel at the end is Austin wraps it up and is just like, hey, mistakes were made. People were acting with good intentions Mm -hmm. and we realized mistakes were made and then apologized and moved forward with better behavior, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what we want to happen in Human Connection.
1: Isn't that the whole point is to acknowledge the mistakes, high five about it, mutual understanding and moving on?
0: Yes. Yeah. We're low-key learning. That's
1: some mature adulting <laughs> right there. That's some hot Regency-era adulting right there. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. It sure is. So it sure is. The
1: other thing that we need to discuss is mm-hmm. Fanny's correspondence with Edmund.
0: I have a heartbreaking thing to say about that. Yes, go.
1: Okay. <laughs> Feelings. Yeah. <clears throat> that. Uh, the whole succession of letters and... Fanny finding out his thought process and why he is going to marry who he's going to marry so that he can stay in contact with all of their friends and relations. (sighs) I just had a lot of tough feelings watching Fanny process everything that was happening successively Through those
0: communications. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a lot. It was a lot. (sighs) I I mean, I think I I felt comfortable that I knew Edmund coming into the second uh, part of this book here and... We have this joke in our friendship where, you know, I'll say, I'm just over here feeling and they're just over there thinking and, you (laughs) know. I'm just over here. No, you say, I'm just (laughs) over here feeling and they're just over
1: there thinking. Usually referencing our (laughs) fiancés.
0: And, you know, it's that yin and that yang. Yeah. But, like, when you aren't speaking the same language and you're not... You're just not connecting Mm -hmm. because you're on different frequencies of the experience. And that's what I totally see with Edmund and Fanny. It's that yin and the yang. Like, Fanny is so tuned into her emotions. And she is such, like, so clearly an empath. Like, she just recognizes the smallest change in environment she takes in everything it's exhausting the repercussions of Uh, everyone else's choices and how it all fits and then she's immediately overthinking everything and like trying to do like combination of scenarios and like i'm feeling triggered i am too because that's who i am mm -hmm. at this part of my life (laughs) fanny era right now but then we have edmund over here and he is so logical Like, logical Larry over there. He's making some moves so that he can check the boxes so that
1: he can make sure that he has what he needs in his bubble.
0: And even the way – so, like, his – the letter that specifically broke my heart was when he was talking to Fanny about Henry. And, you know, he's just telling her, like, hey, I'm going to try to marry Mary I think that would be like cool if you married Henry and then we could actually be related. And I mean, the Crawfords, I don't know, like they're fine and like they're in good standing with society. They have money, like they're our friends. We'd be in the same circles. And um, he says something, I think it's around, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he says something like, he would make you happy, Fanny, but you would make him everything. That is. hit me because he does see
1: that she's so out of his league in such a higher level she's vibrating at a different frequency as yes
0: and i think that's true like i do i do think that henry would like because he just gets caught up in the romance like he loves the romance he loves the feeling that romance gives him and the feeling of like doing something for a girl to make her smile like that's what he's addicted to it's not actually genuine of I want to get to know you so I know what makes you smile it's just the act of I want that endorphin rush (laughs) when you smile and look cute at me and I get my boner
1: I I get Um, my serotonin my dopamine and my boner everything that I need for my party everything's rushing Mm -hmm.
0: okay (laughs) so Mm. I hate that but um it, it was just so clear in that moment too that like There is this part, even though Edmund is so far off and, like, he is not empathic. So he cannot sense. (laughs) He cannot sense Mary and Henry. His radar is broken. His radar. It's not there. It's non-existent. Like, he just doesn't have that radar for people. But he clearly can see Fanny. And he, like, does. I Like, in that moment, I just saw, like, wow. He does see Fanny. And he does see her superpower of her caring and in her empathic nature and he sees that and respects that and saying that like yeah you could totally marry him he's gonna make you happy but you you are going to make him like everything that he will be after that point will be because of you and your goodness and your strength Yeah. and i just thought that was ugh i'm getting tingles now like, talking about
1: it you gave me tingles <laughs> and like i have said this book has bullied me it just it has it his seeing her and then the way that their story lands together and how she gets to reveal to him that it's something is said along the lines of well the foundation of our friendship will be excellent for the building of our marriage or something like that sweet moment. And just then she gets to divulge that, you know, actually, I've really been into you for a while. And now I get (laughs) to tell you all about the little secret moments. And that's part of my favorite at the end of these books is that there's always that moment where the couple then gets to dish to each other about like, well, here's what was going on from my point of view. Mm -hmm. And here's what was going on from your point of view. And just the sweetness that he realizes that he doesn't have to just compromise Mm -hmm. and just marry to be near Fanny Mm -hmm. that actually Henry is a doodad and Mm -hmm. all of the things have been mixed up and now the path is clear and oh Fanny is the one standing there. Yeah. And they get to be happy.
0: Mary Crawford, it was very clear that she was not into the idea of Edmund joining the clergy. No. She was Pelled by that yeah. idea she
1: didn't support that Did she wasn't interested she no. made some snotty comments when she they were at that church once in the beginning of the book yes yeah very snotty yeah.
0: just not supportive of his dreams
1: and there was uh, a note that he says something like i know that our lives what we bring together will not be for the financial game that she will get from me
0: because mm-hmm. yeah
1: that You are choosing a different life when Mm -hmm. you go down that road. Yeah.
0: And he even started to, it seemed like, put himself down in his letters. Like, especially towards the end in these letters you're talking about with Fanny, where he did. It sounded like he kind of started putting himself down when he's doubting Mary. And he's just like, I'm just going to keep going for it. And, like, you know, it's possible she wouldn't want to marry a clergyman or, like, you know, we're going to be far off in the country or whatever. But, you know, then when... Edmund and Fanny Fanny finally get married. She's just talking about the abundance of joy that she feels at like living this quiet quaint life and that's all that she's wanted and like they just pass their days together talking all the time and enjoying each other's company and then eventually they do get to move into the parish home and, and like they, that's they nice get to
1: go back to mansfield. <laughs> yes. That was yeah oh. that was one part I did highlight to read the last paragraph cuz really it does jane wraps it up in these last couple pages for us. It's- pretty fast there were a lot of characters (laughs) yeah it's it's a lot of just wrapping up um oh oh here's the henry crawford thing that i wanted to read to you earlier yes okay do it henry crawford ruined by early independence and bad domestic example indulged in the freaks of a cold-blooded vanity a little too long once it had by an opening undesigned and unmerited led him into the way of happiness could he have been satisfied with the conquest of one amiable woman's affections? Could he have found sufficient exultation in overcoming the reluctance in working himself into the esteem and tenderness of Fanny Price? There would have been every possibility of success and felicity to him. I just love that it says. Henry Crawford, ruined by early independence and bad domestic example, indulged mm. in the freaks of a cold-blooded vanity a little too long. Freaky. I just
0: <laughs> love
1: that part so Wordy. much. It's just, that's that's savage. That's a drag right there. Yeah. That is real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: although it seems, although he didn't have to you know, flee the country. He didn't have to flee the country. It sounds like... Low-key shamed. Yeah, he was very Mm. shamed. Probably no one got together with him. No. Like, officially again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wish my memory was better so that I could remember exactly how each character landed at the end of this, but I know that they end up back at Mansfield Park.
0: And this is the Mm. first of many readings for me. Yeah. I still do not understand the silverware part. I got a little lost in that. Uh, with with Bessie's silverware because I was (gasps) just like this is fascinating like why do we all have our own silverware Mm -hmm. and why doesn't the home have enough silverware for everybody and this is like a big deal like a rite of passage that she's that was like the spoon was from her sister that passed but then Fanny bought her a fork later or like a knife to To go go along with it Mm -hmm. and I'm just like why is this cool for some I don't reason, that was
1: like the buy-in trinket that just spoke to Betsy, and it's yeah, it was Fanny's problem-solving of seeing like, suit was it Susan and Betsy fighting over it? It I was too so. yeah, and so it's like, well, yeah, now we're just gonna have multiple ones, and now what do you say about that? And it's like it just calmed the waters. It did like but
0: why? I know do we not have enough silverware. <laughs> like, is this the it's thing? Well,
1: remember they're talking about the silverware and how it's dirty. It's There's, I think there's just a backup in the kitchen. I think that in general, if you want to eat in this house, you just got to pull out your pocket silverware.
0: (laughs) I feel like just, I want to bring this back and make this a thing like, hey, I was thinking of you today. I bought you a spoon. I got a spoon for (laughs) you. It reminded me of you. (laughs) Just the way that these prongs stuck up (laughs) just (laughs) really reminded me (laughs) of you. (laughs) Just really brings out the color of your eyes so wild i just so i got a little lost in those passages because i'm just like i just like was eating this up like what's gonna happen next like are we like what is these presents uh, regency era presents it's just like (laughs) caught me off guard
1: (laughs) i've lost my i've lost where i tabbed it but there was also a moment where they're in portsmouth and fanny is um getting used to just the pace of everything. And eventually after she's been there for a while, there's a moment where she talks about how she discovers the local library and how she's so excited that Mm -hmm. she is a woman that can go and borrow books. Mm -hmm. It just, there's so many sweet moments of Fanny just like reclaiming a little bit of what she wants in her life. And it's like, yes, girl, go walk to the library, go get yourself some reading material, go do some dreaming. It just gave me a lot of joy once we get a little bit further in the second half of the story, mm-hmm. it's like look at this agency that Fanny has a little bit more of and mm-hmm. confidence and
0: mm-hmm. just getting it. Well, and that's what Mansfield Park is about, isn't it? like getting it. It's about her getting it, getting it, getting all of it. Mm-hmm. It's about Fanny finding herself, which also we have not we have not had a heroine yet that has been this anxious like she (laughs) identified so hard she suffers from like all the same mental health disorders Mm -hmm. that i do and
1: isn't it refreshing (laughs) to see that it's still so real even back in the late 1700s when this book was written is that look at us complex humans, like via the regency yes because
0: we've had we've had uh protagonists last two books who are v- they're all very sure of themselves like there's no question about who they are and what they believe in and they the move, opinions yeah like their strong. opinions they have strong opinions strong character and convictions yeah fanny not so much fanny this whole book has been her doubting herself her wondering about her place finding home what that means to her physical home but also just like home and peace in her heart.
1: Because that's the thing. That's what I think it's about.
0: It is. It's it what is.
1: I think it's about. It's I agree. Your home is it's just like in the previous place that I lived. Like the condo wasn't a place, it's just it's in your heart. It's mm-hmm. the, you know, home is where you are at peace. Mm-hmm. And I think that the struggle in this book was Fanny, yeah, not having peace at the beginning, not having peace at her home but then creating a life of peacefulness and then being able to bring that back to Mansfield park.
0: Yeah. And like, do you think part of that too is like letting go Fanny just needed, I think I'm going to rephrase this. I think that some of this is like also Fanny learning to let go of that external noise from voices that don't need to matter in her life because the fact is that yes, people said hurtful things. People were dumb, said some dumb shit mm-hmm. that they shouldn't have said. Yeah, there were some bitches. Like there were mistakes made.
1: Ms. Norris was a mean, <laughs> she
0: mean was woman. She was mean.
1: Just undermining she and was mean. mean. Gas lamping all the time. Gas
0: lamping everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And so, but I mean, but also there's that extent.
1: No, I was just going to say, yeah, people are mean. Continue. lamping all the time. lamping all the time. Mm
0: -hmm. And so, um, but also there is a level, I'm trying to say this without making it sound like I am like victim blaming or shaming (laughs) Fanny because that's not how I mean it. Yeah. Um, But I do think that there is a level of personal accountability as well for, you know, what you... Let affect you and like realizing that like, wow, someone's words or actions are really sinking with me. Get the hell away from them. Like leave or just, you know, realize that you're a badass and, you know, believe in yourself and like don't let them affect your own reflection of who you are.
1: Whatever their things are. <laughs> How are you going to grow? Let them be their things. Yeah, that's
0: their shit. That's and not that's your what shit. what
1: they're putting on you. This is just me yelling at myself. This is just me <sighs> manifest. This is just me I'm yelling about it. I'm saying the words
0: <laughs> that I want to I hear. I <laughs> need
1: to hear this. Editing Samantha is going to appreciate this. Samantha saying these mm-hmm. words. It's important to remember mm-hmm. that the personal accountability aspect And reminding ourselves that we're in charge of what we hear and how we process it and what we choose to focus on. Mm -hmm. And that's really rude. And I don't like that Jane Austen is shoving it in my face. (laughs) And reminding me (sighs) that, like, we're watching Fanny in all of these situations and she's in these conversations or she's in these awkward moments and she's exposed to this bad behavior and it does get to a point where, yeah, she chooses peace. She chooses being away from that. But my goodness, it took her long enough. It's it's a skill. I mean, it's a muscle yes. that we have to build. Yes, it's a flex that we have to learn.
0: <laughs> and everyone is allowed to take their time with their journey. It is personal. Um, but I am like I'm I was just it was a triumph when she got there. Yeah. And it was like, yes, you are realizing that, you know what, you do know who you are. You don't need to look for these external uh, flares or, you know, these other people in your life to tell you who you are and how you matter in the world. Because that's really for me what it was at the beginning of the book is all of these all of these. Old people whispering about, like, oh, you young folk, and here's what you should look like and how you should be, and you specifically, and, huh. and no, 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 That's, don't put me in my place. I will put me in my place. Like, it's the don't
1: take time for yourself. <laughs> you know, you don't need the horses if you're wet. Don't put up a fuss. It's the... It's the hey. How about you just don't trust any of your internal emotions or your intuition mm-hmm. or any of the feelings that you have in the pit of your tummy that tells you to feel a certain way or act on your behalf on your own behalf.
0: Yeah, and you know, we do deserve nice things, Fanny. Does deserve happiness. Fanny does deserve respect. Mm. And she does know who she is and what she likes. And she should focus on those things yeah. and be able to do them. We all should. We
1: all should. Like, we you all need deserve to remember. That. You I deserve, deserve that.
0: that. You deserve that. Our listening. listeners
1: deserve that.
0: Everybody <sighs> does. Okay. So, that, yeah, it was, it was, this was the triggering book for me. Yeah. A little Mansfield bit. A Park. little bit. <laughs> Mansfield Park was... And I didn't expect it and so... <laughs> I also listened to it
1: three times because a lot of it was like I would get mad and then be mad about it for a while and then realize that I had stopped listening because I was just mad about mm-hmm. something that Fanny's dad had said or they're out in public and Fanny's just mortified because... Ew, he was embarrassing. It was just embarrassing. Like, it's just embarrassing. Mm. There's just some things... And I just felt this book so much more because I read it for the first time that I really was feeling and I was getting excited for these parts. than the second listen through would be like, oh, yeah, OK, it's going to get real awkward up here. Mm-hmm. All right, let's dip in. Let's
0: do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it was much at times. It was much. And just Henry Crawford went. I got to go back to him because he just Henry he just kept Crawford. coming back. Just he really kept pursuing. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I literally thought Fanny was going to get trapped in a marriage with him. And I was like, you, are you, are you not going to fucking say anything? Like, you you need to stand up for yourself now. Like, you don't have more time. We've run out of time. There's no time. There's no more time. Like, you got to do it now or you're going to end up married to this dude and pumping out his babies and you're going to lose your whole life. The stakes have never been higher. Nope.
1: He'll be married to you, but you'll be his everything. I'm like literally freaking out. <laughs> yeah, it it was stressful not knowing how this was gonna land, and I just found myself just mm. rooting for Fanny to figure it out, whatever it was. Because when we were in mm-hmm. Portsmouth, I did I didn't know how it was gonna end. I didn't know if she was going to make it back to Mansfield. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know she was just forlorn for like seven or eight weeks, just yeah. waiting to. Fu- That's so many days.
0: Like are we just That's, stuck here? Like you just, literally fucking live there. You're just hanging out. What the, it's not ah.
1: your house, so you don't have any of your craftivities. You so don't have weird. any of your stuff, and you're just there.
0: It it was weird. Mm-hmm. Uh another thing I realized we hadn't mentioned, yeah. There was also the classic, like, bedridden sick person at the oh. end. But How did you feel? Did you have any, like, feelings or reactions to Tom Bertram being sick? I did. Tell me about your feelings. I did,
1: because I actually just read this, or I listened to this part today, and it talks about how he went out drinking with friends, Mm -hmm. fell, hit his head. They didn't realize that he was having a rough time until later, and so then he comes home and he is, like, yeah, on the edge of maybe he's not going to make it, but then He gets better, and he's less of an asshole. And Fanny's just like, wow, you're less of an asshole. Well, look at that. Mm -hmm. You being bedridden and close to death, and that's given you a new perspective. Would you look at that? Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that moment for him because Mm -hmm. it did humble him a lot.
0: Incredibly. You're not invincible,
1: and maybe you shouldn't be such a butthead. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah. And listeners, if you don't remember, because there's a lot of characters, Tom Bertram was the eldest of the Bertram children. So he was is like the heir to things. He's the one who like should, you know, be some sort of businessman or something because Edmund's going into the clergy. But he was just a wispy little weenie. He was just and a weenie. Just squandered his time and his money, like to party. Like it, and the book mentioned, like there's nothing like he's not a bad guy. He's just not focused in the way that one would hope. There's not a
1: path, there's not a journey. <laughs> he's just a little wandering. It's just,
0: yeah, tornadoing with the money. And nope. mm-hmm. rich boy games. Rich boy games. Rich boy games. <laughs> <gasps>
1: Rich boy games in the Regency era. Yep. Yeah. I also just love the whole, like, going out drinking with this friend. It's a tale as old as time. Mm -hmm. Going
0: out with your friends, drinking, and you hit your head, and then you're bedridden. (laughs) It's just horrible. That one came up very suddenly for me Mm -hmm. because, you know, if we're thinking, like... With Pride and Prejudice and Jane gets sick, it's like we (sighs) see the lead up to that. It's like pretty obvious something's going to happen (laughs) because her mom like crafts this whole scenario for her to take the horse. And it's probably looks like rain. So, oh, I guess she'll just have to spend the night. And so we see this coming. But the... Tom getting sick, it kind of, for me, it just came out of left field. Yeah. And I was, cause I was just so invested in these letters from Mary Crawford. And I'm just but sitting then, there like, what? oh my God. And then, mm-hmm. and then, and then. And then we get a letter from Edmund. <laughs> and I'm like, I forgot about, I fucking forgot about Tom. I was really? like, who the fuck? Oh, yeah, the oh, oldest brother. Oh, yeah, that jackass. He okay. is the
1: main character. We
0: do need I to guess care so. about him. Oh, fine. I just totally forgot about him. <laughs> it's, it had been multiple chapters since we'd seen him. And so it was just, it was so random and just a really tragic thing, which I guess I also don't think about as much. But in the Regency era, that was like so much more common. People were so much closer to death.
1: Brain injury.
0: There's no... It's just like, we can't do anything. Put a leech on him.
1: I don't know when germ theory became a thing in relation to the Regency era and like surgeries and cross-referencing that historical information is not what I can do on a Wednesday
0: night at no past 11. Uh, But I don't think that people were regularly washing their hands at this time? No,
1: I don't think that they had like standard surgical sanitization yeah. practices. I just remember, there's, quick quick segue, yeah, please. there's a show called Rome on HBO that yes. was a thousand years ago, but one of the scenes is where he hits his head, and so it's HBO. So it's a little bit bloody, it's a little mm-hmm, bit gross, mm-hmm. but the doctor has to cut a hole in his skull to relieve the brain swelling, because his brain is swelling. And so he just... Just and they of course because it's Rome and an old it's a HBO show they make a point to show just the dirty instruments and the things but that's what it was back in the that day they is were just what like it was. well we got to get in there the brain's getting big we got to make some space it's the it was you were so much closer on death's doorstep just existing mm-hmm. because there was not these medical interventions and so a hit on the head.
0: I mean, you can never come bounce back from that. No. And there are no hospitals at this time. So people... <laughs> they don't have, no... Their home becomes the hospital. Yeah. The so doctor like, comes to you. The doctor comes to you. You literally... Like, they're talking... When Edmund's talking about Tom in these letters, he talks about the sick room or the sick wing or something, you know, where like it's literally they have moved Tom so he can just be sick in, this, in his own area of the house yeah. for however long and, like, maybe die there in just peace, that is also wild to me because that is like spooky and haunted and just so far from our contemporary experience.
1: The house was the hub
0: <sighs> for the existence you didn't have a
1: hospital to go to. You didn't no. have. No, it was like you are going to experience your life in your home. Your services are going to come to you because there is no little wee-woo-wee-woo ambulance that can come in truck yards. No. No. It's a, <laughs> you're going to have to walk, friend.
0: Yep. And like someone else is using
1: the horse and carriage, you're gonna have to walk.
0: Yeah. Medicine was still pretty new, Mm -hmm. probably not accessible to a lot of people.
1: One doctor at a time. It's like, well, the Smiths are already sick, so you're just gonna have to wait. That it's just dicey. The dice putting reminding myself of the state of scientific knowledge in Mm -hmm. relation to treating brain injuries and other illnesses of that time. Very, very lucky to be. In this era. Oh, my God. Yeah. But like that would take you out and then you're done. It's like, well, he fell. And just. Yeah.
0: And those random things like that. Mm -hmm. Like people. People got fucking trampled by their horses just going into the market. You're just living your life. And all of a sudden people break a leg mm -hmm. out hunting. Literally. People get shot accidentally hunting. Like people get lost in the fucking woods because there's no cell service out there and no cell phones for that matter. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? And that brings me to another point about the doctor you mentioned. Yeah. Because this tragedy happens and you got to call the doctor. Which means you're sending somebody literally yeah, don't into the town. Mm-hmm. There are no phones. How do you we find where the telegraph? doctor is? You just you know the house. They just like you just will know where the doctor lives and then people are probably just randomly fucking knocking on this doctor's house like so and so sick. Yeah, great. Everybody is sick. Everyone is literally dying all the do? time. <laughs> Like I need to go to bed, <laughs> but like, so this is probably taking hours, right? For like somebody to go into town, get the doctor, bring if the doctor home. back. Yeah, hopefully he's home. That's what I'm saying. Like, what if he's be? not
1: home? How do we know where the doctor is?
0: What if he's on PTO? He's... I don't know. Does he's he send out a newsletter? I don't know. This week, <laughs> yeah. Is there like a stand-in? Like, hey, my apprentice will be here. You can see my PA. <laughs> I don't know, but like. Probably not. I think we can bet, probably not, Samantha. Okay.
1: We can. We can bet. <laughs>
0: so, like, that just. Okay. Thank you. Because you started talking about that, and then I didn't realize how much fear I had wrapped around Ooh. that situation. It all dawned on me. In <laughs> all of
1: these stories, yes, no. we're talking about love and emotions and fail, mm. but let's remember, like, the low key no. Modern conveniences, low-key hellscape of the Regency Sierra. just from a no internet, no phones, no electrical, none of our normal things that we would use to save or protect or call mm-hmm. for help or assist us in any way. All of those systems in society were completely different. Mm-hmm. And like how your relationships were with your neighbors could be the difference between life or death.
0: It's, you're I'm right. Stressed I out just right got now. so stressed out. There's also no like you're telling so me that story out. about the Rome show and I want to remind everybody too. there's no anesthesia at this time. There's none. OK, because you know what? That shit didn't start really happening until the Victorian era. So we're a little too early for that because what? Queen Victoria. 60 years yep, too early. We're a little too early because mm-hmm. Queen Victoria was the first person, at least in pregnancy, she popularized using drugs to give birth mm-hmm. and was like hey y'all this is the best you like this. <laughs> you don't have to be in so much let pain let me tell like, you we what we can dull it down a little let's dial it back but so like that really for me is just what i think of like more a, a, a more uh like a milestone in the evolution of medicine mm-hmm. is like the victorian era so we're not quite there we're on the with these, we're on the cusp Mm -hmm. but it's janky it's still
1: it was like a revolution when they figured out that they would have a 50 percent better success rate or some you know made up number whatever it was um if they just start washing their equipment like less people will die if you just they didn't even wash it with soap they rinsed it with water that was the first big breakthrough in germ theory was Mm -hmm. doctors realizing that if you just wash the blood off Infection was less likely. Look at that scientific progress. You know that humans are amazing. You know, Mm. turns out. Mm. I also love. Adjacently, quick podcast recommendation. Adjacently, oh yes, if you guys. Are looking for a fun podcast? It's a different flavor than this one. It's called "This Podcast Will Kill You," and it is all about infectious diseases, different types of diseases, their epidemiology, and like how they have been studied throughout history and where they are now. And so, there are some a lot of very fun episodes about science and like the progress of science and how one of the big first scientific things was that. It was like a fogger sanitizing machine where it was like mm. a fogger to fog over the instruments. But this podcast will kill you is just a <laughs> So I'm sorry. Great Wait. No, hold There's- on. I know. We have to go back because I talked about the fogger. It was the first... It poofed the stuff. Wait. So yeah. like they're just sanitizing with vapor? Yeah, so that was the big. Um, they thought they were sanitizing okay. the paper. <laughs> Are you ready for history like little with Samantha? Poof, poof, yeah, it was like you know how um, it was. It was like a thing. Okay, like a mist. Yes, it was like a Mister, like humidifier or um, like a aromatherapy thing.
0: That's right, it's not gonna. That's no, not j- working.
1: That is what it did, and it would <laughs> fog the area and the patient with with this sanitizing fog. And they were like, Well, wow, this works a lot. And that's how they figured out like sanitizing and what germs were and everything. That's wild. There are so many YouTubes that have told me all about this and I'm doing an excellent job, story corner our history with this Samantha. Is fascinating. But that was the thing, is like they were like, Well, these instruments, if we don't leave them bloody and rinse them with water, and now Here we can sanitize them with the sanitizing. I think it was just like vaporized alcohol or something like that. But it was like this fogging machine that they realized. Mm -hmm. And that was that was the beginning of people not just completely dying and being Mm -hmm. four steps away from death because they were living in the Regency era. So this podcast will heal you is a great podcast that will just tell you all sorts of fun stories about things. And that's where I heard that. Wow. How did germs (sighs) become known to humans and
0: what was the process? Okay, well, since we're plugging podcasts right now, yeah. and I sense we're going to be wrapping it up soon because you don't have your book in your hand anymore.
1: I put my book down. It's. I feel and like so, we've really landed on some nice thoughts. <laughs> and But just, no, it's, yeah, podcasts, but just the, the hellscape of the Regency era and yeah. how many amenities are not close.
0: No. Probably. So I also then want to mm. take a quick second before yes. we wrap it up to plug one of my other favorite podcasts, which is a historical, like, a medical history podcast, that's what we'll say. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I want to take a second to plug one of my favorite podcasts, which is a medical history podcast. They take a comedic view as well. Uh, it is called Sawbones with Dr. Sydney McElroy and her mm-hmm. husband, Travis. Yes. Um. Oh, my God. Excuse me, Justin. <sighs> Justin McElroy, forgive me. <laughs> There are so many good McElroys, though. <laughs> There's how, so many of them. How can you even? I'm embarrassed because they're my favorite. I can't believe I messed that up. If they're listening, I'm so sorry. I'm embarrassed for myself. Um, they're not listening to our podcast. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that podcast. And you and I both listen to each of these like historical medical podcasts. Oh, yeah. And we just rant to each other about them. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, I love that podcast. And Dr. McElroy, she is, she's just researching some weird thing that we used to do in medicine. Like, this was some dumb thing that humans thought was going to work. And it's so obvious to us in modern day that this is so stupid. <laughs> but like, here's why we did this. And like, what came from it? What we were doing before, which was probably even worse, and like just how all yeah, of medicine the is thing. It's gross like, this was, and weird. This
1: is the improvement yeah, from this... what we were doing before. And <sighs> then she explains it to her husband, and her husband always has a lot of questions yes. and feedback and input.
0: And Justin doesn't and know. Wondering. He doesn't know anything, which is perfect because, like, I don't know anything about medicine, mm-hmm. you know, really, and I'm not a doctor. <laughs> But we are scientists. <laughs> but we are scientists yeah, on right. this podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's really cute. Another cute vibe. So if you do happen to enjoy our little tidbits about the Regency era, era and like histories, do it all the time. Regency area. Yeah, it is the Regency um, area. Those are two other fun podcasts to check out. You yeah. might like them, too.
1: It's. Just remembering the medical horror journey that all of these love stories are set in is just a little bit of some dystopian energy that I hadn't really taken some time to think about.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: how hard life is
0: just trying to find love in a hopeless place. Yeah, the Regency era looks so cute. And I know Bridgerton on Netflix is like a thing right now and super popular. But I think we all... Really need to remember that the Regency era was a nightmare. It was smelly. It was smelly. It was probably hot a lot. You wore so many layers. They didn't have elastic. Where did you poop? I don't know. These are all questions I have as I'm reading these books in the back of my head. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Chamber pots, man. Outhouses, But then they throw it out the window. It's and then fine. you just throw it out the window. And
1: then you throw it out the window. Uh, <laughs> listeners, what horrors did dawn on you
0: <laughs> as you've <laughs> been <laughs> reading these books? Are we the only people who think of these things or do other people like I feel like I should just be caught up in the romance of Jane Austen. But my, mom on, my mind wanders quite a lot into like logistics. You have to the think Regent about Sierra. the logistics. It's just frightening. Mm. I don't like it.
1: don't like it at all so on that (laughs) desolate feeling
0: no no but okay to uh, finish on like a cool note yeah because that was a little desolate you're right but
1: no but no no no. i need i need our listeners to know one (laughs) they know how long this recording is two (laughs) oh my gosh the dystopian movie of a jane austen-esque romance but set in a little bit more of a dystopian energy. I guess that's what Pride and Prejudice and da- Zombies is. That's
0: literally what I was going to say well, to you.
1: Because get, you, I got to go. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know that I love that movie. And I haven't seen it and yet. And haven't so seen it? I think I that it
1: is now time <laughs> to scratch the itch. Because it is. Because uh, my mind is just <laughs>
0: really, okay. Yeah, because it is, it is silly, but like it's actually fun. It's and a that's the real. point is like, it is kind of disgusting and, like, that horror element that comes in, a little sneaky. And it's like, oh, my God, but sometimes it kind of was like that. I mean, <laughs> it's a little bit gross. <laughs> we don't have anesthesia here. Uh, everybody's feeling everything. So I... Everybody is feeling everything. <laughs> so I do think that's what also makes that movie fun. Because, yeah, if you're, you know, cool like us, you're thinking of all those gross logistics and yeah, just, like spooky haunted parts of history
1: <gasps> just wearing it's a really- dress that big and the i can't even talk about it i can't even talk about how much energy it is to take care of your body i'm already getting hot it's good yeah i can smell myself now <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I guess we could wrap it up there Oh my god! This has truly been a delightful episode, though. I it's
1: really filled my cup.
0: Uh, y'all know <laughs> that Book Nooks are Morgan's personal favorite episodes, and I'm just still loving our journey. I can't believe we're halfway through. Austin's novels. It's like, wait,
1: are we done talking about Mansfield Park? Because now I'm immediately going through separation feelings because I've been carrying this book around me with me for weeks. I know. And we're halfway done through our journey. What's next? I haven't even thought about what's next. What's next? Oh, I'll tell
0: you. So I also feel a little bit of anxiety leaving this book and i'm not quite ready to say goodbye to fanny i I think fanny so much yeah i might spend a couple weeks watching some of the movies because i think we might need to do that i'm having a hard time saying goodbye yeah uh but next month we get to hang out with emma (gasps) oh okay i haven't read this book i haven't read this book
1: i've only seen the movie haven't read it. Ditto. Very exciting.
0: Ditto. I've only seen two of the movies: the one with Gwyneth Paltrow, which is a movie, and then the more recent one with Anya Taylor. She has three names and it's hyphenated. And I that one was fantastic. We I watched it I certainly don't know
1: it, so but I know who you're talking yeah. about. And she has the beautiful eyes, and she was in Queens Gambit. Yes. and I love her. her. Yeah, her. her.
0: My brain can't. No, it can't. No. Do and my brain won't letters like
1: your brain does do that but it can't right now it's, mine doesn't do that i can i only know faces and what they were in we're at but 30%. it was so good
0: and 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 what sam
1: let me tell you just if you have nothing to do but look at beautiful crafted wardrobe fabric and everything that whole emma the most recently done emma was gorgeous the shoulder detail i just mm. can't even oh
0: my god big shoulders just big
1: shoulders big we're gonna shoulders. have to talk about regency era movies in a
0: different episode mm-hmm. because we gotta wrap this up morgan we gotta wrap this up thank you so much for talking with me this has been so fun for me personally i'm just gonna take a selfish moment but i hope our listeners also enjoyed themselves
1: we finally got to make eye contact about mansfield park
0: <sighs> we've been avoiding this conversation <laughs> in our personal lives. <laughs>
1: It's been very funny. <laughs> Just stop talking. Stop talking. Don't Save look it. at me. I can't. Are you close? <laughs> look look <away. laughs> Don't look at it. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, God. So we will be back uh, next week with Best Buzz. Yeah, dude. Back to our first uh, Wednesday of the month. Man. We're starting July. And OMG, there's... There's
1: some shenanigans happening in the moon. It's a new phase. There's a new sign that's, it's
0: just, there's a lot to talk about next next time. We're going to have a lot to touch base on. Yes. Well, until then, friends, love and abundance.